Welcome to Investable Partnerships, where we talk to industry leaders about growing revenue-generating partnerships. I'm your host, Des Russell, and co-founder of Partner Elevate. And the daily battle for partner success is forcing channel leaders to rethink how to maximize their relevance and value so they can be a driver of partner impact. So let's jump in and find out how. Hey everybody, um, it's Des Russell, Chief Partnership Officer at uh, Partner Elevate and also your host of the Investable Partnerships podcast. I'm super excited today for two reasons. The first reason is um, it's our first podcast of the Investable Partnerships um, uh, podcast series. So uh, super excited, super nervous, but also at the same time, I'm just uh, so grateful that I've got the opportunity to kick something off uh, like this in the partnerships universe. Um, the second thing that I'm really excited about is I get to break the ground with uh, Kelly Griffin um, from Amazon Web Services. So um, Kelly, why don't you give us an opportunity to understand a little bit more about who you are, your role at Amazon, and a little bit of your background, how you got into partnerships. I always think the way people get into partnerships is kind of a great story on its own. So over to you. Yeah, sure. First and foremost, um, congrats on, on kicking this off as well. Um, man, it's it's an awesome feat uh, kicking off a podcast. So, uh, man, I can't wait to see where this goes. Um, and again, mate, thank you so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. It's an absolute yeah. privilege. Um, so, yeah, a bit of background on me. I've been in the industry and, and channel, I suppose, now for over 20 years, probably 26 years thereabouts. So definitely showing my age. Um, I got into partnerships and I've been in, in, in the, the channel or, or in sort of vendor slash channel land um, pretty much, yeah, my whole career. So um, for me, working inside the channel has is, is just been a natural thing and, and moving into my role within AWS um, has just been this natural progression of where I want my career to go um, and where I'm hoping that my career is going to continue on um, inside the, the, the world of partnerships. So Within Amazon, I am a uh, what they call a senior partner sales manager. So what that means is I get to work with our sales teams and our partners um, driving customer outcomes. So I make sure that whatever our, our sales teams are doing, whatever they're talking to their customers about, I'm making sure that there's a partner that's aligned to, to that particular customer outcome and making sure that the right partner for the right outcome is chosen, right? So... By that, I mean, you know, looking at culture fit, cost fit, uh, solution fit, um, you know, do they have capability? Do they have the experience? Does the value prop match up and, and things like that? Conversely, I sort of get to also work with a lot of our partners around solution and value definition, um, which is really exciting. So, you know, I'm sort of that, that custodian, if you like, around partner pipeline and, and driving that. So moving towards co-solving solution or problems for customers instead of that whole co-sell motion um, across you know multiple different types of partners SIs and and ISVs so lots of fun uh, lots of hard work um, but we get to you know be immersed in some amazing um, partners in the ecosystem if anyone wanted a definition of partnerships that's probably a really strong definition of partnerships which is um, it's everything uh, it's a bit of this it's a bit of that but there's a lot of things that that go on there and um, 
I think that, you know, when um, I spent seven years uh, at Microsoft and um, so you're also thinking, you know, building, um, uh, working with partners and growing partners that, um, you know, it's not really just a, I select a partner or work with a partner. You're thinking about a lot of things outside of just the partner conversation, um, particularly the customer. Why do you think the customer conversation is so important or why do you think aligning that customer outcome is so important when you're engaging a partner? Oh, it's, it's absolutely necessary, right? Because if you think about that, that customer outcome is kind of the, the flagship. That's, that's the thing that they're trying to do. Now, that outcome could be um, driving new business revenue. It could be customer acquisition. Whatever it is, that's really meaningful for their business. So what you want to be able to do and what I try and do as well and like the stuff that we you know, massively try and do every single day is go, that outcome that they're trying to deliver, how do I accelerate that outcome? Because if I can accelerate that outcome through a, a partner engagement, it means that whatever that business metric or KPI that they're trying to drive towards or that yeah. thing that they're doing gets done faster, right? And it's yeah. going to be meaningful for their business. So I want to make sure that the value that comes from a partner being included and, and executing that, uh, that particular outcome or that challenge or whatever that customer is doing absolutely matches. And making sure that, you know, yes, I know for a fact that, that that partner that we're putting inside that, you know, in front of that customer is trusted, it's got the experience, it's got the exposure, it's got the right value prop, but it's also meaningful back to the partner as well, right? So it's helping their growth, it's helping their partnership, it's it's aligned to their business goals as well. So trying to do, you know, mutual, uh, mutual success more than anything else. I think every partnership leader... The way I think about it is every partnership leader knows that not all partnerships will succeed, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, but what every partnership leader wants is a investable partnership, a partnership that they can invest time, energy, and resources in. When I think about investable partnerships, I think about it's all about trying to maximize your relevance and your value. So mm -hmm. how would you describe, given that this is a podcast about investable partnerships, how would you describe in your words, or how would you define or describe uh, what an investable partnership is for you? So for me, there's, there's probably a couple of different areas that I look at in, in terms of that. And you've hit the nail on the head, right? Joint partnerships, because some are going to be you know, beneficial and equal. Um, and that's what we're looking for is where is it, where is it, equally beneficial right so that investable component to me means that we're working together towards like mutually beneficial outcomes right so yeah. the vendor has very specific goals that they're driving towards right and depending on who you talk to inside the vendor right if i talk to a salesperson i know exactly what their goals are yeah. if i talk to our partner partner team i know exactly what their goals are and so on and so forth it's got to be the same from a partner, right? So we have to have a very clear understanding around what their goals and what their drivers are and what their growth and go-to-market capability is and what, what they're trying to do as well. Because I want to make sure that if they're, they're aligned to the things that we're doing as well, that's, that's absolutely mutually beneficial. But I also want to support some of their areas as well. So when I think about you know, investing into a partner, um, I'm going, right, where do you want to grow? What do you want to do? What does your go-to-market look like? How do we maturize that? Where's your gaps? 
what what can't you do today that you want to be able to do tomorrow how can i help because if yeah. i can then help and then provide input from our side and go well here's a whole bunch of data points of an area where i believe you've got skills in you should invest in this area here um, and then i'm going to help you with a go-to-market approach to be able to you know leverage us as a vendor of choice or as a sales motion to be able to target more customers so again that's that's mutually beneficial as well um, value prop uh, as well is, is huge and i know you and i have spoken about that a, a couple of times in the past around defining what a value prop is right so in my mind you don't want to be that 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 partner that says we do all the things, uh, and you don't want to come out and go. Well, but our value prop is, um, you know, well we've got skills. You know, we've got people that yeah. have got skills. No offense, everyone does, and everyone's going to say the same thing. So that's yeah. where again, investing in how you how you talk and how you communicate to a particular vendor, um, whether that be us, whether that be you know Microsoft, Google, it doesn't matter. We have a, a very particular way of, of communicating. And, and again, investing in that and understanding how you communicate together, how you go to market together, how you co-solve together. Um, that to me is what investable partnerships mean because you're going to get benefit out of it both ways. Yeah, so um, this is an interesting point is how do you think when partners show up for you, what does a good partner showing up in front of you look like and what does a bad partner showing up in front of you and i don't want to use these, you know we use these words good and bad partners investable mm. or not investable partners but actually when a partner shows up for you what gives you what are the things you look for that give you the aha they've got the they clear on their value prop like what does that look like for you or feel like for you as a uh, partner manager yeah, it's a really that's a really good question, uh, and I love the analogy, good and bad. I probably go, this is what good looks like, and here's what probably yeah. an immature thing looks like, yeah. right? In yeah. what we see as well, because it's just something that like you need to maturize as as, as a partner um, as you build your business and as you build your practices um, to be able to have that communication strategy with your particular uh, vendor that you're working with right yeah. so for us like for me when i when i look at a partner and, and and i go wow they know what they're doing they've got a very clear value prop in in certain aspects they have very very clear understanding around how they go to market and how they communicate to customers right so they've got products and and they and that could be an si partner for example like a services partner uh like or a consulting partner you're still selling products Right? You still yep. got something that you're selling. Um, and same as an ISV, they're very different. Um, but the motion of you know understanding your capability, um, how you differentiate yourself, differentiation is key in all of this as well. So that goes down to value prop and differentiation. But if you can articulate how you differentiate yourselves, and, and again, differentiation isn't, oh, we've got skilled people or and I've heard this numerous times from other partners. Oh, we do migrations. It's like, uh-huh, awesome. Yeah. So is everyone. Yeah, I think, <laughs> How do you I think do it you better I, differently? <laughs> yeah, we, you and I had this uh, conversation on LinkedIn with, uh, there was a couple of posts that Asha posted, Asha from Partnership Leaders uh, posted. Yeah. And it was like, the yeah, I'm different, but why are you different? And I think you kind of had this long post of like, I just can't <laughs> have another conversation of uh, someone telling me that they're different because they've got a particular um, skill set or technical skill set alone. 
Yeah. Oh, 100%. Differentiation isn't you've got skill set or you've got a competency from a from a vendor or something like that. It's a point of differentiation, but it's yeah. becoming almost saturated now where, you know, you've got partners that, that tick a couple of boxes. The differentiation comes where how do you articulate what customers get from you, right? So, and the way I sort of frame that is explain to me why did a customer choose you? Right. What was the what was the key point? And be yeah. really specific. Why did they choose you? And not only that, what can they do now because you were there? That's differentiation. That's value. Right. You provided yeah. value for that customer. You know, if it's security, if it's IRAP, if it's, you know, some form of compliance, whatever the case may be, um, there's differentiation in that. You've just got to be really crystal clear around what that is because yeah, the, yeah. the amount of the last thing you want to do and, and talking inside, like coming to, to a vendor, for example, or going to a, a different partner and saying, we do all the things, you're going to get a blank look, unfortunately. It's just not, yeah. not a great conversation to have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, like for you, if you had to put a scale of uh, one to 10 and you had to say, um, how good are partners at nailing that value prop? Uh, that is outcome focused for the particular customer on it's average two. where would you say partners kind of are in that one to ten one being no idea ten being the absolutely clear and articulated there's there's ranges like i i, yeah. I speak to you know some really great partners that i would say are about the eight or nine it's like oh we yeah. could get it just a little bit better um but then yeah. i'm speaking to some partners that are two or three they are the ones yeah. that go but we've got skilled people and we've got, you know, we do migrations or we do data. It's like, uh, no, yeah. I get yeah, that you exactly. do, fantastic, but no. I think it's the, the point of differentiation is uh, how do you differentiate um, not only within your own business, but within the segment that you kind of are, are, are exactly. focused, focused on as well. For me, I use these two words, relevance and value. If someone's differentiated, they have a lot more relevance with their target market and they offer a lot more value to that mm -hmm. particular target market. How do you think from a partner point of view, partners engaging with Amazon um, and you and your team, how do you think they look at relevance and value? Um, and how do, how do partners maximize that relevance and value? Is it first having uh, been clear on understanding how Amazon and the Amazon strategy or the Amazon go-to-market or what your business focus is, is it more about that to have relevance for you or is it more about them being super clear on their target market first? Ooh, it's a bit of both really because like, okay. if I give you a, a background on the, on the Amazon, uh, you know, how we're sort of segmented in AWS, we are very much industry focused, right? And we've got specific segments as well. So that's where relevance comes in. There's certain partners that go, we don't operate in, you know, in certain areas or certain industries or certain segments, but we do focus in this particular segment. So our SMB business, for example, we've got a number of partners that go, we only operate in SMB because we understand SMB, e.g. relevance. Yeah, uh, we know and we can empathize. They've got yeah. very clear focus. That's brilliant because then we know, okay, excellent. 
do you understand? And then we work backwards with them to go, do you understand the challenges? Or here's our challenges that we see from the SMB market. And here's how we'd love you to be able to help. So again, that's where relevance and value come from. So we provide that insight back and go, we have all of these challenges. There's like four key challenges within the SMB business, for example, across ANZ. Here they are. Great. Now come back to us with your point of differentiation and your point of view. That's really key as well, right? Having a point of view and going, oh, but we've got all these use cases and we can solve all these problems. It's like, I get that you can, but give me a point of view on uh, employee engagement. Give me a point of view on customer retention. So that point of view is, well, here's how we deliver that. Here's how we provide that. And that's value. And it's relevant to that particular segment as well. Because then I'm not going to, expect or that partners they're not going to go oh now if i go and speak to you know a large retailer it's going to be the same because it's not yeah they're very different i'm going to put you on the spot now because we we're very much talking about partners right so i'm going to put the vendor on the spot here and i'm going to go because i think as much as the partner needs to and determine or or position themselves uh to be relevant and valuable how do you position your relevance and value to partners? Oh, I like that. Um, so it's it's a really good good question. So the way that I look at how we can provide that relevance and value is by giving them insight to the challenges that we have, right? And then going, okay, okay I understand what our sales team is challenged with every single day of the week, right? So I have very intimate knowledge around what's going on within a particular segment, um, actually across our ANZ business as a whole, right? So then the the best relevance and value that I can provide our partners is is providing them with, with a couple of things. One, here's the challenges that we have. Here's the data points that prove that as well so that way when i'm asking a partner to please provide something back to me um, with like a go-to-market approach or something that you know shows demonstrated value um it's not just made up it's it's not a oh maybe we should you know go to market with generative ai why is that relevant to this particular cohort of customers probably not Uh, it's probably more relevant over in the enterprise segment at the moment but it's going to be relevant anywhere but that's the thing is is me providing that information back to them and then coaching them around what does that look like from our side, right? So it's there's yeah. two angles. There's, there's one, how you then communicate that to your customers. And then your other customer, however, is us. And how you communicate to us is very different to the way that you communicate with your customers. I love that. So, I love that. That's so, so uh, real because... There is a language, but there's also a particular focus. And I think what you kind of are, are saying is like, I'm going to give you the code to the safe, okay? But you've still got to remember the code. You've still got to make sure that you put the right sequence together and you've got to open that particular safe, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to give you all of the keys. I'm going to give you the codes. I'm going to give you everything. Yeah. I'm just going to give, I'm going to give you the door to the gate, right? And, yeah, yeah, and if yeah, you yeah. want to open that, you've just got to do this in a particular way. But as soon as you do that, and we've seen this, when we coach partners in a particular way and we go, please communicate like this, uh, like 
solve problems like this, do this with this. And that's just for us, right? It's just how you communicate with 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 us as a, as a particular vendor. If yeah. you do that, I've seen partners escalate, like dramatically yeah. fly. When I think about investable partnerships, I think like to be investable in, in, in Partner Elevate, we talk about three key outcomes um, that mm -hmm. partners need to have a focus on. Um, the first outcome is this, and I'd love your uh, understanding of how this plays out. The first outcome is uh, we talk about being decisive in the action that they take. So how decisive can you be in taking action? Um, and this is a element of um, uh, I'm going to be able to sit in front of a vendor who's presenting the opportunity in front of me, and I'm going to be really quick and go, yep, our line, that's my target market, that's my customer, I have the skills, let's go. Or, yep. um, no, that's not my focus. How many times do you think that decisive action is not what you see um, and that actually slows you down? Oh, 99% of the time, mm. consistently. So uh, I'll give you a great example, and I'll leave names out, but there's a particular partner that we've been working with that I'm working with at the moment, yeah. um, and there's other teams that are asking them to do things, and they're like, we want to say no, but we but we don't know how. Like, and I'm like, hang on a second. Let's just be really clear. It's not something that you want to do. There's no value in doing what you're yeah. being asked to do, but you're yeah. continuing to do it because X Y Z person has asked yeah. you to do this thing. My first question is, where's the data to back this up? For one thing, like yeah, yeah. prove to me that they're like your default answer should be no, uh, and the default answer of being no is because a does it provide any sort of differentiation for us where's the value um mm. and where's the data to back this up so for vendors asking you to do xyz say yeah. well that's fine but i'd love to see an roi on that can you show me the commercial construct around why i need to be doing this because at the moment that I, if it doesn't fit within your your value prop or your differentiation or your product set or your your practices you, you have to ask serious questions um yeah, so, no, yeah I, I see that all the time look why do you think people don't say no why do you think partners don't say no i'll give a example from my days at microsoft um yeah. and how i pinpointed i actually pinpointed that they wouldn't say no to me when i asked them to do something or go you know put an opportunity forward because I think that they feared if they said no to me, I would never ask them again. I would go, no, no, you're um, like, like you said no to me last time. So I'm not going to bring an opportunity to you. I'm not going to talk to you about what I'm thinking. Is that valid? I mean, is that? A hundred percent it is. Well, that's the, well, it's the outcome of that is not valid, but the yeah, fear yeah, yeah. is valid, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I had the exact same question. It's like, well, why aren't you saying no? It's like, oh, because we don't want to say no because we don't want to be seen as that partner that says no. I was like, well, don't be the partner that says yes all the time because what are you yeah. delivering? Like, how are you yeah. going to deliver that? Like, what's the outcome here for, for you guys yeah. as a business? Is it actually going to grow your business and make you more profitable? No. Yeah. So don't. Yeah. And, and this is where it comes to the second part. So the first part about being an investable partner in terms of an outcome are, is uh, always, you know, you've got to be 
be able to take decisive action. And there's a whole bunch mm. of things you need to do within your business to be able to do that. The second part that kind of goes to what you just spoke about is, well, actually, I need some predictability about my business to be able to make these decisions. And the predictability mm -hmm. is more in the operational side of how I run my business. And what we typically see is that there are a lot of the technically focused partner ecosystem in channel is very technical heavy. Business doesn't come naturally. And a lot of the time, they spin in 150 different plates, uh, partner leadership teams and, and, and management teams. So it's really hard for them to make those types of uh, types of decisions because it's like, well, I don't really know, but I'm going to do this because it feels right. But what I'm hearing from you is actually we want you to say no as a vendor. and We want you to just give us clearer a clearer focus for where we where you are best situated so we can get you in to those types Correct. of opportunities with customers. Is that right? That's 100%. Absolutely. I would much rather a partner be flat out and go, that's not in our wheelhouse or that's not something we're focused on right now. Um, so no. Um, we, we are focused over here and we've got clear differentiation. We're very, very good at what we do over here. And don't be afraid to say no as as well. I, I, I would much rather a partner say no than say yes and be overloaded with a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing that is, A, isn't actually providing any value to them uh, as, you know, in terms of A, the partnership or B, their profit or just taking them away from doing other things that they should be focused on. Um, yeah. And and B, it's just it's just too much stuff, and they just don't deliver anything at that point, or it's not delivered well. So yeah, I agree with you. I think being decisive, you're you are perfectly able, and please say no um, if there is something that's being asked of you that doesn't make sense, or question it at the very least and say why. Yeah. Like, and then come back to them and say, you want me to invest X amount of my time to do X Y Z. Why? Mm. It's as yeah, simple as yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, get more and, data. And, and, and really, that is not something you as a vendor can help with, right? So in a, you can't really help with that decisiveness. That's no. something that actually has to come from within uh, the particular the particular partner. And I think that there's a Boy. lot that um, partners need to be able to unpack themselves and get clear on before they can be decisive. Um, so we covered decisiveness. We covered predictability around the way they operate the business. The third thing, when we think about investable businesses or investable partnerships, is this thing um, around, uh, we probably touched on it around the relevance side, but um, how do, what's your advice or guidance for partners where, you know, Amazon, you know, global, uh, global vendor, industry focus you're in this quarterly cycle this annual plan you're delivering uh, a massive amount of revenue with the results that you just re released now um, you're <laughs> yeah. going to change tax right you're going to change industry focus you're going to change product focus or, or segment focus um what do you think partners need to be good at to be able to follow the bouncing ball with you. What should they actually be focused on to make sure that they are mm -hmm. in a cadence with you guys? Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, you, you hit the nail on the head. Regular cadence is is key. So staying very, very close to 
the relationships that you build, right? Relationships are key for a particular, like particularly for us, but understanding who to have a relationship with as well. So um, the account team's definitely great group of people to have relationships with, but your partner management team, and if you've got it, partner sales team, because they're the ones that are really, really close to whatever's going on inside the business. Um, And then having the ability to not flip and change what you're doing because you need to stay relevant to your own business and and things like that. But that relevance aspect is, is really key. So if you know that, you know, yes, we are, you know, going down the industry lens, for example, then come out to us with industry-focused solutions or industry artifacts that suggest, well, we focused in these industries and these are our touch points. These are are how our products and capabilities align to those particular industries. So there's the relevance aspect to it. Um, And then the segments as well. So being very, very close um, you know, to to whatever that whatever the vendor that you're aligned to is is working on. So yeah, I always say maintain relationships ultimately. Okay, excellent, excellent. So uh, we're coming to the end of our first uh, podcast, and it's kind of, I think it's gone okay. How do you feel? <laughs> Mate, it's been fun. It's been fun. I can't <laughs> believe it's it's gone so fast. To be honest, besides the. Um... Besides the sirens, they were <laughs> they were in the background there. So yeah, hey, um, we'll be known for the first uh, uh, first podcast where we brought some uh, some emergency services. But there's one thing That's I wanted it. to kind of end on um, when I think about investable partnerships. How do you, in your role, I think driving partner impact is every mm-hmm. partnership leader's kind of it's that goal. It's like how Absolutely. do I stop battling for success and how do I drive more uh, partner impact? So what do you do to, um, in, your, in your role, in your job, what do you do to drive more partner impact? <laughs> well, oftentimes I actually feel like Cupid a lot of the times where you're doing a bit of matchmaking and a bit of relationship building and stuff like that. So there is a lot of that um, where you're building those relationships, but it does, it continues to come down to that relevance thing. So I want our, like, so as I said before, like I've got intimate knowledge around and we all do right within our, like my colleagues, for example, will have intimate knowledge around certain parts of our, our ANZ business or, you know, our global business as a whole. I want to make sure that the way that I'm driving impact and I'm, the way that I want our partners to drive impact is use the information that we provide you, right? So if I'm telling you that we've got these type of challenges, these four key challenges within this particular segment, use that, come back to us with, here's how we're helping customers do that. Um, but I'm also then going, how do I help from a sales maturity perspective inside our partners because as you said before a lot of them are very very tech heavy so helping them maturize their sales process and their sales vernacular to be able to then have you know great conversations with us but even better conversations with their with their customers because i also want these partners to build growth like build themselves as a growth engine absolutely be profitable and, and have you know, great relationships with not just us, but with any vendor that they have as well. So I want them to succeed desperately. I want them to grow. Um, we can help you in certain aspects of that. But to your point, a lot of the time you actually have to take take that first step as well to, you know, go through that motion. So, but we're uh, here to help. Oh, lovely. Okay, so you're here to help. So for the audience, in, if they're in the ANZ region, how do they get hold of you? 
best way is on LinkedIn. Uh, absolutely. Look me up on LinkedIn. Um, Kelly Griffin, you'll see me on there it's, um, from AWS. Um, absolutely here to help anytime uh, in any way that we possibly can. Okay, excellent. Kelly, uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm so uh, appreciative uh, for you to come on the first show. So um, when we hit the milestones of um, 110, 50, 100, 1,000, uh, we can always say we, at least we did one decent show. <laughs> <laughs> mate, we kicked it off, okay. mate. It's been an absolute privilege, man. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, man. All the best. Thanks very much, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Investable Partnerships. Subscribe wherever you listen and visit investablepartnerships.com for the transcripts of today's show.